1: and welcome to this week's episode of Glory Days of Gold, your East Fife and Scottish football podcast, but of course with a Euros flavour at the moment. And we're here to talk about a positive result, one that I don't think many people saw coming, but each and every one of us definitely going to be excited to talk about this one. So joined by the Gruesome Twosome, as always, good evening to you, Doug Perry. Good evening all. And good evening to yourself, Gordon. Evening. And of course to our special guest, co-host, Dr. Goals himself, Dr. Kenny Dukar, how are you? Much better than the last
2: time I spoke to you guys. Absolutely wasn't it right.
1: Yeah, I I think that since Friday, it's just like, I can't wait to actually do the podcast and talk about a positive result because let's be honest, as as East Five fans, it's not often we get to come in and do that as well. So we're we're managing to get a a double whammy, the fact that as a a good result and it's for Scotland as well so delighted with that so just going to talk a bit about the game the first point that I want to come to and Kenny since you're on the screen first you can be the first person to come to this with first of all what a result and what do you think was the difference
2: the difference I think it was the approach I mean see at the when the, the team was read out and uh, it was Billy Gilmore was in midfield and and uh, we had we were going with two two up top. I was like, this is like a total change. I'm actually excited to see what we can do. I mean, because playing the same old, same old, I was just I was so deflated after the Czech uh, Czech Republic game. But even when the team was ready, I was excited because it was some of the stuff that we were talking about. Obviously, Billy Gilmore, uh, we uh, were desperate to see him, and he, he's he's went for it. But the the, the the criminal thing is is that he's got lucky, isn't he? Because if we didn't have a twenty six man squad, Billy Gilmore wouldn't even have been in the in the squad. So I think go back to the game itself, though, I mean, how well, you guys must have been excited when you saw the team, given what we had spoke about. It was a, it was a change in mentality. It seemed to me, and I was excited and, going into the game.
1: Absolutely. In essence, as soon as the team read out for me. And like, that is pretty much exactly what we've asked for, but it still had O'Donnell in it. So, obviously, I think, like, look, let's all put our hands up. We've slaughtered him, more or less slaughtered him week in, week out. And he definitely proven us all wrong. That's a point for later on, but that was my initial thoughts where it's, it's good, but we're playing O'Donnell. And, you know, we were definitely proven wrong in that, uh, in that sense. Doug, when you seen the lineup, what was your initial reaction? Did you have that sort of same excitement as Kenny?
3: Instantly up for it. Like instantly. I went from like I went from being sort of slightly nervous to like instantly feeling we've got a chance, which is which is amazing when it comes. And fair play to Steve Clark for we kind of said he's pretty stubborn and he obviously has made changes, but he was, I don't know if you heard his interviews and stuff after the game, he was like raging with Scotland fans, like yeah. raging about the criticism that some of the players got because like we said on, on the pod after the last game we did play, quite we were, we were pretty good and I don't know if you saw the stat that I know we'll get into this but after two games we've had the most shots and created the most chances in our group we've just not taken them yet but do you know what I mean in terms of so it's, it's very hard to then criticise, isn't it, really? And we shouldn't yeah. be. He was right, and he was right to have a go at, you know, in, in many ways. So, no, it was good. And and it was just, it, there's just something exciting about that fixture again for, more so for Scotland fans. But it just, if you, like I said last week, if you can't get up for this, then don't watch football.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And, and I'll be honest with you, I, I sat down to, to watch that game on Friday and we were with... Um, Two sets our, our friends, and one of the things that I liked was that like, my wife likes football, but the other two couples that were with us, their partners don't like football, and they were so up for it. And I think that that is what's so special about an international tournament that you know not even the Champions League brings or whatever, but there's something about the Euros and the World Cup that just gets everybody's attention. But even more so, the fact that we've qualified, you know you're getting the the casual football fan involved in as well, and it's it's excellent. So. We'll come to the result. We, you know, I don't think really any of us seen this coming. Um, I think maybe your your heart wanted to say Scotland could maybe get something from it, but certainly there was nobody's head that was saying we were going to leave there with a result. So, Gordon, I mean, nil-nil, played them off the park. Really, I mean, Eng- England did nothing apart from their, their shot off the bar. I never really felt they threatened
0: anything. What's your thoughts on the game as a whole? Just that we played really well um, You know, I know that You know you can have this argument about Did we play well against the Czechs And were we, being unfairly critical But performance for me was night and day And there's some things, you know When you look at it One, we had Tierney back He makes a big difference Oh yeah um, I thought, um, you know Going two up front Adams and Dykes I think that works um, Billy Gilmore playing Fantastic Best player in the park um and you know like, you've got to hold your hands up when you you know when some of your opinions are a bit crap. I was a big I'm against McTominay playing in defence. Thought he was brilliant back there. Um, I thought you know back to middle we retained possession really well. England press high, but you know when you've got in the back three, you've got McTominay Tierney, and you've got McGregor and Gilmore in front of them. You know, they were able to keep possession under pressure. They were able to play out. And I think that that made a massive difference. You know, just gave us that we release the pressure when we needed it. It let us kind of turn the tables on them. We were keeping possession for large periods of time, which, you know, we've never really done against good opposition away from home. We never do that. And, and just, you know, you got good performances out of basically everyone that started. Stephen O'Donnell... I still think he had a poor game against the Czechs. Brilliant. Uh on Friday. McGregor, he's been criticized, brilliant. Um, you know, Dykes has come in for a bit of criticism. I thought he played really well. Um, you know, and we, we could have won that game. Absolutely could have won it. But it's it's a great result. I mean, after the Czech game, you know, we need to get to four points. And you're looking at it, you know, if we can get a point at Wembley, then it comes to Croatia. Um and so I we've got more. We we got what we needed, but I think um, I liked to listen to Stephen Reid, assistant coach, and he he was really saying like this result means nothing if we don't beat the the, the Croats. Like this is half job done. It absolutely, is half job done. If we don't win on uh, Tuesday, doesn't matter. But it was a good performance, a good result, and we're still alive. Cannot complain. So.
1: One of the things that he
0: touched on there, and it's
1: not often I get to celebrate being right in a podcast, so I'm going to take my moment to shine here. And I'd actually mentioned it in the last show when we talked about the substitutions that he'd made. And I said, I felt that the reason that he dropped McTominay back into defence was so that we had somebody to play the ball out. And that worked, like 100% that worked in terms of retention. And he's just so calm on possession, McTominay. In my notes from the game, the only thing that I kind of felt was there was a bit of a wobble early on in the first half when he gave away possession to Sterling. But after that, he was absolutely outstanding. I want to talk about a few we've spoken a bit about surprise packages and I'm not talking about my Turkish out because let's be honest, that's been fucking horrendous after the opening three fixtures and along with North Macedonia, the first two teams to go out. So make sure you tune into all future episodes of Glory Days of Gold for outstanding football mm-hmm. wisdom. But no, but look, a player which I said I, I thought was a bomb scare and I was having sleep this night's about was Grant Hanley. And in my opinion has been our player of the tournament. I, I, get, the, I get the Gilmore hype, um, but Grant Hanley, for me, has been a solid eight out of ten both games. He's done, He's not put a single foot wrong. And it just makes me wonder that as Scottish football fans, I'll come to you for this, Doug, do we kind of scapegoat a player? And I mean, look, we've done that with O'Donnell and we've seen the performance that he's come around with. The nation's done that with Grant Hanley and, and look at the performance that he's turned around. Does that show how fickle we are as fans and skateboating people? Or do you think that we maybe need to do better as the Tartan Army and getting behind our team?
3: Uh, yes, and yes. Um, we definitely skip, of course you do. We do it with. I, do, I, I always jokingly say to my mate that I go to these five games with that, that I'll always have a sort of guy I'm going to decide I don't like that year. <laughs> it doesn't matter what they do. I'm like.
1: Ah, and he there stands. you are on a podcast with him now.
3: I know exactly. Sorry, <laughs> it was a tough two years for me. Um, I think a couple of things. He 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 definitely was a bit of a bomb scare, and I think he's a bomb scare in a back two, like two centre halves.
1: Yeah.
3: I think being able to, like, with with ball players either side of him, he can kind of be the free man almost. And uh, it sounds disrespectful, but do the dirty stuff, like yeah. do the you know get stuck in, win headers. Worst case, get rid of the ball, which he didn't do. But yeah, no, no, of course we're bad for that. It's. I think that that's probably football fans in every country in the world. You know, there'll be someone that just go, ah, "He's a bit patient, we'll, we'll go with it." But I mean, if, if Friday night showed us anything, you know, with your O'Donnells, your McGregors, your these guys, then we we just in the grand scheme of things, we don't know very much. And you've got to put you've got to put faith in Clark, but. I think the big thing with Hanley, Clark plays a back three and he, he fits in there really well. Really well.
1: What about in terms of, is there any other players that has really stood out for you outside the two that I've mentioned in terms of um, Grant Hanley would be my player the the tournament so far? Is there anybody that stood out for you in particular? For me? Uh, oh. Yeah. Um, oh,
3: any,
1: well, Robertson, but we knew about him
3: anyway. Um, no, nah, nah, I mean... Everyone's been pretty solid. I don't think. I mean, there was no failures, as Gordon said, not one on Friday night. No, I wouldn't say anyone absolutely stuck. I, I, Friday was the perfect epitome of just a great team performance. That, like, when you play a, do you know what? I'm even saying bigger team. And Gordon said, in England are absolutely pish and have no chance of winning this. But when you play the inverted commas bigger teams, you need one to eleven all to play well for you to have any hope. And that was a great example on Friday. So no, I wouldn't say anyone specifically. Obviously, as we say, Gilmore, et cetera, was very good. But no, just, yeah, two actually generally pretty good team performances so far with not great reward, but that will come hopefully.
1: Kenny, we've spoken in, in previous shows about us needing to be more of a Northern Ireland or more of a Wales and grind out results. Does the performance on Friday really show that we've actually got that in us? I'm going to, I'm going to go back
2: to your, uh, your Grant Hanley player of the tournament for us so far. I, I, I don't think you can give that to a defender with a comprehensive 2-0 defeat against uh, the Czech Republic.
1: Was he at fault for any of the goals, you think?
2: Well, he, get, he, he gets caught. The, as, as soon as Jack Henry steps forward, he should step to his right-hand side. Uh, and no allowed the guy on the outside him. So he gets caught a wee bit there. So, but I agree with, I agree with Doug. Um, the the uh, middle of the back three protects him. And then against England, he's the one that's going to win all your headers and all the rest of it. And I think we said before the, the tournament started, who, who were our key players that, um, that we were worried about for each, each team and for England. I was worried about Foden and uh, Sterling. I thought we could Grant Hanley matches up pretty well against Harry Kane. You know? But with Tierney and McTominay, we, they, they both got a bit of pace. So Grant Hanley's not really exposed in that scenario. He was a wee bit more exposed in the Czech, uh, Czech Republic game. He's played alongside Jack Henry. But the, the thing is, McTominay's their best. Uh, our, our best player, uh, and uh, you, you say that he's been our best player so far. He he, he plays in midfield. He's got to play. Now we lose something when he drops back to defence. But obviously against England, we we gained more from having him in defence because we had a, a, a sort of better player to come in to replace him in midfield than we've got to play in defence instead of McTomney. So McTomney's a bit of a you know. Uh, he, because he's so good, he suffers because we've got to play him there. We've no got, we've, we've no got anybody better. And I don't think, I think if he doesn't play there against England, I think that we get we, we, we get beat probably with the likes of Foden and, and, and Sterling. Uh, I, I just think that Tierney coming in, the two of them either side of Hanley, Hanley's getting plaudits rightly so. Every player w- was, was amazing, but you know, you, you, you are protected a bit in the middle of a three. And he done his job superbly well, but it, it, it really comes down to who's who's around him as well. For me, uh, the, the the thing about keeping possession, God mentioned that. See, when we were getting a, we were actually keeping possession. I was looking at the tail. I was going, we keeping possession. We're forcing England back a wee bit here. And we were getting a, and, and and it wasn't so much I was bothered about what we were going to create or or do for that point of view. I was like, oh, we're getting a bit of a breather here, because. There's no getting away with it. See, as soon as those forward thinking England players got the ball, I was shit myself. <laughs> like they 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 were far more dangerous when they got in the final third. And there was far more like well, I was panicking like when when they got forward. When when we were going forward, I we had a good couple of chances, but I, I just didn't feel we were we were as dangerous. But I I I mean when they when they had it, it was it was proper like panic and like there was no re- relaxation for the whole except when we had those few spells where we were we were keeping the ball and you could you could almost get a, get a breath like I could feel All right well we're not going to do anything but we've got the ball and then we were knocking the ball about uh, really well without maybe uh, having that uh, killer killer instinct but you know it was great it was great to watch like it it, it, it was. We could have lost it with that McTominay one. They probably should have scored there and it's a totally different game but we got away with that one and we kind of grew out of the game as well and we had our chances.
3: I think it's funny actually saying that, Kenny. It just shows the perspectives people have watching football. I was totally the opposite. See, after about 15, 20 minutes I turned to my mate and was like, they've got nothing. I thought Foden was dreadful. He's... He's a wee you know, kid who's playing in a shit hot Man City team, so he can absolutely shine. And as soon as you need him to do it on his own, two games in a row, he's done nothing at all—absolutely nothing. I, I was, was really—he
2: was a ninja away for scoring
3: against us. He hit the inside of the post. Earlier you know, on, against Croatia, wasn't it? Was it? Aye, that was the first game. Oh. <laughs> I had too I, much I, beer I, in the game. I, uh, I honestly didn't. I think that there was only literally a couple of times. Where our one of our centre halves fell asleep a wee bit and they clipped the ball so over the top, but out wide a wee bit in the box, sort of way that you thought. But apart from that, I I never genuinely just didn't see them scoring at all. I really didn't. I, I felt really. And the only other thing I would say, I actually thought McTominay was probably one of our maybe one of our poorer players against the Czechs. I didn't think he had that great game. And I think I think the fact that we played we played two proper footballers in midfield against England and Gilmore and McGregor, who are not big and strong, but they, they're good technical, good footballers. And I think it showed because they just absolutely bossed it. I, I never felt ner- I generally didn't feel nervous. That's quite, it's quite funny just hearing differing opinions and same thing.
1: Gordon, I'm, I'm going to come to you for something that I've written down because I think that you're the only person that won't give me an impassioned answer. And I think that Kenny might reach through the screen and wring my neck. I think Billy Gilmore was great against England, right? I really do. But there's a lot of times that I feel like he'll struggle with the physicality if we come up against a big physical team, which is where I think that that's why he didn't play against the Czech Republic and why he might not feature against Croatia. So I want to ask you the question, do you think that he has to start on Tuesday? Yes,
0: yes, I do. I mean, I I take the point and... I think um, I think it's something Kenny mentioned in the, the group chat before the game that especially if you play Gilmore and McGregor, I mean, they're good footballers. They keep the ball well. That's their strength. But they're both not very physical. But I think, I mean, you know we were going on about Gilmore before the England game. And I think what the England game showed you is he lives up to that. He is, a, he's a, he is right now a brilliant footballer. Now, there's loads of, you know, you look at, you know, not to say, well, not to say he's at this level now. I think he'll get to that level. You look at players like Pirlo, he wasn't physical. He wasn't fast. He barely, he barely broken beyond a jog when he played football. But he dominates midfields because, you know, up here in his head, he's better than everyone. He's two yards ahead of everyone. And I think, like, yeah, there are times when, you know, you might, you might benefit from having that bit of physicality, but I think Gilmore's a fantastic player, and I think you know you look at him, um, you know you look at the players that have come out of Spain. You know, that Spain one winning World Cup winning team. Most of them aren't the big guys; they're not physical. Javi's not big, and yes, there's not big. You got Busquets in there, but no, I, I'd rather go with someone like Gilmore. Um, I think. Yeah, you you look at McTominay and you think, you know, his physicality, yeah, you miss it from midfield, you do. But like we talked about before with Scotland, you know, we don't have a top, top player for every position. You've got to kind of, you've got to figure out this way to get the most. And if we want to play, you know, we want, you know, Croatia, you know, they'll probably look to, they'll be different from England. They'll want to keep possession against us. They'll look to dominate possession, dominate the middle of the park. But if we can go and do that to them instead, that's maybe our best chance. And I think, yeah, we do that with the same team we put out against England. So sti- sticking on Billy
1: Gilmore then, I mean, like I've just shown you a, my notepad from the game the other day, and I actually wrote Billy Gilmore equals Javi with a question mark next it because he's such in that mind, and that sort of player. And he's the sort of player that I could genuinely see if... if if Chelsea don't play him, he's right in the mode uh Pep Guardiola player. And I'll be honest with you, I think that if he was playing, if he was in City, he would be in the City starting team, particularly when you've got, like they've really got Fernandinho, um, who I know has been playing more defensively, but I mean, he would fit perfectly in uh, a Man City system, in my opinion. Um, and it makes me wonder, like, do you think that if Billy Gilmore wasn't Scottish, he'd be rated higher, Doug?
3: Oh, um, yeah, of course. Well, if he was rated England, if he was English, he'd be the best player, you know, possibly the best player of all time. Um, Because they like overhyping a player. Uh, You know, we've we've got to be a little careful we don't go over the top. Um, I think he's very, very good. It was an extremely good performance. Eye-catching, which was nice. Just, it's lovely to have a player with that time on the ball. No panic. You know, just... Quite happily play a simple ball if needs be, but looks forward. I, 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 I don't think his lack of physicality is an issue. I think I think he likes a tackle. Like he'll get stuck in if need be. Um, yeah, it just he, he just looks he literally just looks like a wee kid who's just loving it. And yeah. what what's not to love? You know what I mean? Play your first start for Scotland against England at Wembley in a major football tour. I mean, and get man the match. It it doesn't get any better than that. But. Now, he, he, he'll be first name in the team. I actually liked what, I can't remember who it was, Pat Nevin, I think, said he'll play every Scotland game for the next 10 years at least. And I actually think that's right. If, if Clark doesn't start him against Croatia, there, he will be hounded out of Scotland if, if we don't win. He'll def, he's first
1: name in the team. Perfect. Couldn't agree more, and I think it was Pat and Evan, it was 10, 10 to 15 years he'll be in every Scotland team, and, and you know what, you know what, deservedly so. And one of the, the the next talking points, and then we really will focus on the England game, that I wanted to talk about is, I've just put the future as, as my sort of angle into this. When you look around our team, we're a fairly young team, and in the post-match interview with Stevie Clark, he said, you know, this is just the start, you know, this is us. You know, there's more to come from this team. And watching that against England, I hate saying this because the, the passion takes over and you get carried away, but I actually believe them. Because if you look at, really, apart from Hanley, who's a wee bit older, and I think Robertson's maybe late 20s, the majority of our team are, are mid-20s, we, early 20s. We only
0: have, in the squad, we only have one outfield player over 30, and that's Gallagher, who's 30. Yeah, I think there's a couple of 29-year-olds, but it's a very young team. That excites me, but,
1: and this is where I'm going to come to the striker, Kenny. Where do our goals come from? We've played two games, we've not scored any. A stat that Doug told me before the game, which I was quite surprised at, is in our group, we've created the most chances, but we've still not put the ball in the back of the net. I'm I'm concerned. And that's my only concern because really I think that we could de- defend generally pretty well I think we could win our midfield battles we're putting the balls in the plate for the likes of Dykes and for for Che Adams who, who I think probably could have had two against England but we-, we don't seem to be getting any closer to stick it in the net and-, and as a striker Kenny where do you feel that we need to improve that because I don't think it's a service
2: I was talking to my mates about this we are we, we've no scored a goal. Where where are the goals going to come from? And, you know, I, I think we were maybe, or I personally was a bit uh, down on uh, Callum McGregor and he had a fantastic game uh, against England. But I was saying to my mates, I, I would I would probably uh, take him out and put Stuart Armstrong in because I feel there was so much struggling for goals that he's more likely... And he also has that understanding with Che Adams uh, for Southampton. And I am worried about uh, goals. However, when you look at the centre-halves in Croatia, if Lovren is playing, particularly in Vida, they are no used to playing against two physical strikers. Dykes is physical, Che Adams is physical enough, I think that we'll. I think that we'll get joy against. day uh, they 2 They're no big. Uh, they're no. The, 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 the centre halves were playing against England. You're, you're talking about uh, what Tyrone Mings and John Stones and Ditch was still like giving them major problems. or right? he lost Stones in the, the middle of the box that that should have been a should have been a goal against us. But he was causing bothers for guys that are maybe five or six inches taller than him nearly. Uh, like against Vida and Lovren it's a whole different they are going to have a horrible time against the two up front so I, I'm maybe no so worried I think I think that we, we will get a goal against Croatia I can't see us no scoring the chances that we've been creating in the, in the centre-halves that they've got in comparison to what, what we've played against already so I don't think I'm that worried I think they've been developing a an understanding, and not just an understanding with the ball, but an understanding of where they need to be when they've no got the ball. I'm, I'm, I'm still excited because I, I feel as if we've, we're not going to go through the tournament without a goal. Surely, where is it going to come from? I maybe Grant Hanley header at a corner kick. You know what? You know what? It's like, it, like, it, it, it's got to come from some I'm not one to blame the, stri- I, but I think the strikers are going to have a, a good day against uh, those those defenders. And those defenders, are, as I say, are not going to be used to playing against two up front. I'm absolutely delighted we've done it because no many teams are doing it now. So we've done something a wee bit different. So it's been a bit of a surprise for teams that are not used to playing against that. That maybe gives us a slight, you know, uh, advantage o- o- over, over what they're used to playing against.
1: I think, I mean, you're talking, Kenny, that's if he goes for two up front. So it, I think that after the England game, he's got to. But you know, his cards are pretty close to his chest, and it is going to leave the Croatian manager guessing how we're going to line up. But that's if he does go with two. Do you, you do you think
2: that that team, barring an injury, is going to be any different against Croatia than it was against England? It's no. There's no way. There's no way he can change it. There's no way he's changing it. Like I'm saying, I would like Armstrong in for. Uh, McGregor because I think there's maybe a, a wee bit of a, a bigger threat if Armstrong uh, plays, but I cannot see him making any changes for that eleven.
3: I don't think he should. I, I honestly don't think he should. And I think as a manager, you can set your team out with attacking intent. And the fact that we've made all those chances and not taking it, there's very little more Clark can do. You just need to hope you get that moment. I mean, we were talking. There was a couple of moments in that England game. You think, you, you get that kind of. Uh, it only happens to us, but like things like, you know, O'Donnell's shot right, good save. I mean, how close was that? Just to Adams just nodding in. I mean, it's like millimeters from just a simple header. You then had when Adams shot and it's hit the boy's knee as he's bending down. If that goes through his legs, it's a goal. And it's little things like that. I think as a manager, he will he'll have given zero criticism to his front lot. He'll just say, keep going, keep creating chances, and we will score a goal. And I was, saying, I was saying to my brother just before we came on here, I'm not suggesting I would take drawing one all against Croatia and going out. But if we did and we put up a really good performance and didn't quite get it done but got a goal, I think I'll still take someone really positive about this because of Friday night. And I think the players will. So that's a young team that will have felt the absolute buzz of doing something pretty good in a, a, a major, albeit maybe not getting through or whatever, and, and that will just make them go, I want to be there every single time. We're not missing it in our major. So I think it's amazing what a, nil, what a nil-nil at Wembley can do. And, and I, yeah, I think it's the, it's the uplifting moment as a Scotland fan that we kind of all wanted, really. And I know it was a draw, and maybe we're celebrating sort of averageness. But, uh, yeah, I, I think it's a case of keep going and something's bound to break for you. We, 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 we could go to Croatia and score three. We could. We're creating enough chances. Uh, yeah. And I think, I think obviously, we'll come to Croatia, but they've looked beyond average so far. An old, sort of washed-up team. Uh, we play that same formation with little quick players who want to you know, burst in a gut, blah, blah, blah. And... I'm confident
1: we can beat them if we just get that wee break and score a goal. Kenny, I wanted to say that you told me we'd never lost to Croatia. Is that right? So, That's right.
2: Yeah. Uh, I we definitely beat them the last two times we've we played them, but see,
0: they've, they've never beat us.
2: Uh, I've got a question. I've got a question for you, right? For who? That game <laughs> on Friday, 0 uh-huh. 0, draw against England at Wembley, absolutely buzzing, with it, right? But there's no just a wee bit of you thinking fuck, we missed an opportunity there because they were that was one of their best chances, of, like getting a win against England. And like, for all I'm absolutely buzzing with the draw, there's a wee part of me that's like, oh man, it was there for us, like, it was it, that was a real, real opportunity. So, hopefully that the, the players could take that in a positive manner that uh, we had a right. We were, we matched them. We, we possibly could have came away with a win uh, rather than the kind of, uh, that, was a, that was an opportunity that we let, we let slip.
1: Because we, 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 I feel as if we did. There's two words that I've written down that I think sum it up. It's cutting an edge. And I think that that's what we miss. And even if I think about the last 10, 15 years, We've not had really an out-and-out striker, have we? I mean, we've had Miller, who always seemed to turn it on for Scotland, but I mean, I don't think a Kenny Miller scores for us during the week. You know what I mean? We've had James McFadden, who again seemed to turn it on more for Scotland than he did anybody else, but I feel like we we just really lack some quality up top, and that's the difference. If If we'd had a little bit more quality up top against England within there. And I totally take your point, Kenny, that, you know, there was part of me like, you know, that was a big opportunity to, you know, to quote Sir Alex, you know, silence the noisy neighbours. Because, I mean, I don't know about you guys, but I've loved social media in the days after this. You know, the the videos of Rio Ferdinand saying he's never been more confident in an England defeat. And, uh, you know, the, the Sun article being tweeted everywhere saying, oh, hi, the who, that England stars were going to be quaking in their boots against these household names. And I mean, that that sort of stuff to me really, I'm not going to lie, really gave me a semi. The fact that they were proper celebrating at three points before it even happened and the drinkings, the salty tears of the England fans in the last couple of days has been excellent um, based purely on the back of that. England to me offered nothing, and, and I think we've we've kind of covered that. You know, they really flattered to deceived, and and I wonder as Scotland fans if we bought really into their hype. And I think it's probably get easy enough to do that. You know, you, we're looking at that team, and but, I mean before that game I said we would get beat four now. We do but, it every
0: though. But, but, but,
3: well,
1: but there's so this thing. Don't.
0: It's like you know, there's this. It's almost like you hear England are either best team in the world or average. And they're somewhere between, you know, they're, they're not, they're not an average team, right? You know, they, you know, in European terms, you know, and qualifying, they go out and win groups easily. You know, they're, they're not one of the top level teams, right? I don't think, you know, you look at it just player for player, don't take out, you know, don't look at performances and results. Just look at the 11 they can put on the park. I don't think they're as good as France. I don't think they're as good as Belgium. Um, you know, they don't look, they don't look as good as Italy. You know, but they're they're that they're that level behind. They're above. Um, you know, you, you take the Nations League, but it's almost like a league. You know, they're above where we are, they're above where the Czechs are. You know, they're they are a good team. They're not and they have good players, you know. All their players play at top level clubs. Um they're not fantastic, but they are good. They are, you know. Going down to Wembley and getting a point is a is a good result. I feel there's this thing where we, we look at and we do it with all these teams. I think people were doing it with the Czechs. It's, you know, they're either they're either brilliant or shite. And it's like, nah, they're they're a good team. They have good players. Um, you know, look at Harry Kane, shite on absolutely shite on Friday, shite against Croatia by all accounts, but he's the leading goal scorer in Premier League history. He's a good player. Um, we would let's be totally honest, if Harry Kane was Scottish. We'd we'd want him in that team. We absolutely would. Um, they're a they're a good team, and and getting a point against them is not a bad result. And we could have won. We absolutely could have. Harry Kane's seen the chances we've played the
1: last two games. He probably wishes he was Harry, called, uh, uh, called uh, Harry yeah. the Kane, you know. Um, but unfortunately, that's not the the world that we live in. That the next point I'm going to come to kind of ties in perfectly with this is I've listened to talk sport all week, right? And aside uh, Brazil and McCoy, who obviously I think are excellent, I listened to that complete wank stain, Jamie O'Hara, this week, right? A, a absolute, complete, oh, see you next Tuesday, right? And just clearly says stuff for effect. But he, his exact words in the lead-up to the game where Scotland are essentially a championship team and we'll walk all over them. So if we're a championship team and we're holding a so-called Premier League team to nil-nil, does that mean that we're more a Premier League team or England are more a Championship side? Because really, there was no difference.
0: Scotland are not a Championship. I mean, it's O'Hara. I don't know whether he's a fucking idiot or just a fucking arsehole. But you know, everything he comes out with is complete shite. You know who the fuck's Jamie O'Hara? Um, yes. You know, all his opinions are just fucking garbage. There's no way you look at Scotland, a championship team. You know, there's two two players that play in championship there. You've got players that play for Man United, Liverpool, Arsenal, Villa, Chelsea, Chelsea. Um, you know, they're just they're just not a champion. You know, if Scotland, um, the the
3: the bottom line is all we're saying is exactly why Scotland hate England in sport. Yeah, yeah. It's not. Yeah. It's not. I mean. It, they all say stuff on talk. I mean, talk. Alison talks when I should because it's bullshit. They they all talk, say things just to rile people up, and they'll all say things to get on Twitter. Adrian Durham does it every time. Simon Jordan said that England's under twenty ones would beat Scotland before the tournament. He said that one hundred percent England under twenty ones would beat Scotland. Um, they, all, they all do it. So they, they, I, I almost don't even think they would they even mean it though. I think it's it's all part of the thing. But it's exactly why we hate English football. Absolutely why we hate English football. And all, all English. what they should be more worried about is how ridiculously overrated English footballers are. Like, ridiculous. That's all they should worry
1: about. That, that'll never be conceded. The other thing that I had written down was I absolutely loved, and you put it in the group chat as well, the James McAvoy um, speech before the game was excellent. Really, really good. So we'll move on from England now and we'll focus solely on the game on Tuesday and Kenny you were talking about the, the sort of back line for, for Croatia so from what I've seen so far it's been Borna Barasic, who obviously we know from Rangers Dominic Vida. you've got I'm going to try and say it probably Versa Alko or whatever the hell he's called it right back that's just one of the league where, um, so, uh, where Athletic Comandante fuck off <laughs> um, <laughs> and Lovren at centre back as well there are no mugs at the back I mean, don't get me wrong. That you definitely Lovren's got a mistake in him, and if I would, if I was not uh, a Scotland striker, I would be in his ear the entire game.
2: That was easy for you, see? So no, you, wasn't it? it wasn't. You say it. Me. I, I just do it for for your pleasure, mate. So I, I'm, uh, I'm pleased you did the back line. I'm I'm I'm, I'm pleased you did, but I I think that they are a, we can get them. And I think I I, I wanted to maybe say earlier, we were talking about Billy Gilmore and like matching up and you were comparing him to uh, Xavi. But a better comparison, obviously, for this game is Modric. I mean, he's a better player at 20 years old than Modric was. Modric wasn't playing at the level that Billy Gilmore's playing at at 20 years old. Obviously, Modric is is going to want to control the game. It's almost going to be interesting to see who wins that battle being able to control possession. Because if we can go for a, what 40% possession against England, now I'm, I'm quite impressed that we managed 40% possession against England. But I'm not saying that we are going to have more possession than Croatia, but I would hope that we are getting a wee bit more than the 40%. Because it's going to be a more uh, even, even, uh, even game, but it's it's, it's almost like you're matching up the uh, the master against the, the prodigy. You know, like I, I'm I'm really interested to see see how it plays out. I think we are a bit more solid at the back with the with the three with Mctominy and, and Tierney doing that left. I fancy us against a Rangers player. And, and again, if Lovren plays, that is absolutely brilliant for us because he is, there's always a mistake or two in him. like he, he thinks he's better than he is. And if we can get him, then I think that that's the, the weakness that, we, that, that, that we're going to be able to exploit. So he should be on the right side as well. So I, I don't think he's going to be... He's not quick enough anymore... I think I think that that's the way that we get them, and and as I say, Modric v Gilmore. I'm um, I'm taking Gilmore.
1: Spoken like a a passionate Scotsman. So, Gordon, I'm I'm having a look at the the formation that Croatia played. So the last game they played four two three one. Obviously the two holding midfielders in Modric and Kovacic. Then I'm not even going to read the names it, but. Uh, now, in fact, I could probably manage, this, probably manage this one. So they had Perisic, Kramaric, and Bracalo. That was a lot easier to say than the back line. And then Ante Rebic up front. Um, so really, going through player for player, we're more than a match. And from what I've seen in Croatia, they the are on Agent side that they don't have the, the same tenacity and, and togetherness that they looked to have had had in, in the 2018 World Cup. If I had to pin you for a prediction, how
0: do you see it going? I'm genuinely quite confident. Um, You know, we need the same level of performance as we got on Friday. But I think if we do that, I think we can beat them. I think if you look, you know, if you go through their team, yeah, they got to the World Cup final three years ago, but it's not the same team. They've lost players. They don't look the same team. You look at their form, it's not that great. Um, We're at home this is the big opportunity for us this is you know these guys they know this is the opportunity we've never done this before and I, I think these are the right group to keep the head under that pressure to use that pressure positively and I, I think we can get them I think when you look at their backline you know if we if we can create the same number of chances or around the same number of chances as we have in the last two games I think we can take them I think it'll be close but we'll nick it by a goal 2-1 So you're you're thinking we're going to score two goals? I think we'll score two and here's the thing Croatia also need the win right I think that was big for us that um, I think it was important that Croatia can't go through with a draw I'm more comfortable with them needing a win I think it kind of if you're going into a game and you're the team that needs the win I think it just puts that Extra bit of pressure on you and the other side. Croatia need to come to us and beat us. Now, you know that that puts added pressure on them, um, and I, I think that goes in our favour. Doug, do you exude
1: the, the same confidence as your partner in crime? Um,
3: I mean, look, it's hard after Friday not to have a degree of confidence. I mean, I, I'm not, I'm not saying we're definitely going to do it because. I, I think what we've got to be wary of is like today's result didn't go great. for I mean, there's a, there is a chance we can get four points and not qualify here. There, there are quite a few permutations that that would be the case. I think if we win by two goals, we're guaranteed. But with a one goal, it's, it, it isn't guaranteed. You know, there are Anyway, I mean, that would just be the perfect, glorious failure for Scotland. Um, I'm
1: sure Kenny called that before the tournament, and I'm just yeah. waiting for <laughs> I
3: mean, I mean my, my call my call was no goals, which I'm really hoping doesn't happen. Um, I The only result I can see in a positive way is a 1-0 win. And I could, I could absolutely see that. So I will go for a Scotland 1-0 win, and... Do you know what? No, I was, I was actually going to say it would almost be funny if we got four points and still went out just because it's such a Scottish thing to do. No, I'll, I'll go for a 1-0 win and we'll, we'll be one of the,
1: the, the best third-placers. Dr D? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like so, your ass has going like thumpers' nose uh, here, mate. I know,
2: like, I said, if Scotland get through this group, they'll be the surprise package so hopefully they were going to be my surprise package but i'm i'm thinking pretty much the same as Dunk there like we'll we'll get the win and then it'll be by one goal and we'll get knocked to either on goal difference or goals scored and like cuz obviously i was watching the uh, switzerland turkey game and a, a a one goal victory for switzerland would have meant that we would have been a better 3rd place team than them with a one-goal one victory. But no, we would need a two-goal uh, victory uh, to be better 3rd place than Switzerland. So that's already one team that would be better than us, even if we managed to get through with a 1-0. However, if it's going against us with the other games tomorrow, and we see that you know maybe we do need to get two goals, I think that that plays in our favour because when we look at the England game, we're all buzzing because it seemed like there was a different mentality. We went for it. We were confident. We went for it. Whereas against the Czech Republic, it felt to me as if we were a bit scared, a bit scared to lose. You know, let's play our way in. Let's 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 a, a draw would be good enough here. Whereas actually, that was a game that we really needed to win. Uh, that that was the most winnable game. If you looked at the three games at the start, that was the most winnable game. And I felt that we our mentality going into that was wrong. So if we are looking at the case where we need more than a 1-0 victory, if we're one up, we're not going to sit back. So if we get a goal up, the worst thing, I think, for us is to go, all right, we're going to get through. And everybody's like panicking, and we sit back, and we sit back, and we sit back, and we'll lose one in the last five minutes or something. And a log but if we feel as if we need a two-goal victory, if we get that goal, we'll still be trying to play in the right way. Do you know? We'll still be going forward. We'll still be uh, having that mentality. that I think that we need because we we can't sit. We can't afford to sit back. We actually need to be doing what we did against England: getting the possession, keeping the ball, taking the pressure off us, and, and having a having a purpose rather than, you know, trying to hold on to what we've got, because that's, I, I, we've had it before, Switzerland at the, at, at 96, we've got the win, we lose it, well, like a, well, it was a last minute goal for Holland, consolation goal, Put puts us out, you know, it's, it's happened before, I just feel as if, you know, we're talking about the, the, some things that could have went for us in England game, Doug, Doug mentioned the block, the one Stephen O'Donnell's who goes through the leg, it goes clean through his legs. I mean, surely we could have got a wee nick off the knee or something, and it would and, and it and it just and it, and it goes in. Like just it was so close. Like a we deflect I would have taken anything deflection, but it always feels as if Scotland get there and then we just fall at the last hurdle. But I'm going in positive, it's our best chance we've had probably because it, it's it's in our own hands this is like like if we, if we went into a, I don't know if we've went into a, a group game at the end where it's where it's in our hands that I've been alive I I, I don't remember we've, we've we've always kind of been relying on maybe other results to go our way somewhere else so it's in our hands we we if if we had been offered this uh, at the very beginning before a ball was kicked we'd have bit your hand off for this wouldn't we
1: Yeah, hundred percent. I am going to go for a, a 1-0 win, um, but I kind of hope that it doesn't go, and, and And this is the only analogy I could think of, so if you're not a boxing fan, I can apologise, but when Frank Bruno fought Tyson, and in the first round, he chins him one, and, and Tyson's like dazed, and instead of going for the jugular, <laughs> Frank Bruno was a bit like, Holy shit, I've stunned Mike Tyson and then didn't go for it. That, that's that's what my worry is. I wonder that if we score, then we go, fuck, what do we do now? Like <laughs> that's that's what my concern is, is that we just go, right, aim, 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 aim. right, we'll just try and keep the ball. Whereas really we need to be like, right, there's the one. Now we're going for the one, two, and really try to take it to them. Because I think that if we score, they'll they'll brick it. They'll 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 be like, we really need to go for this now. And if we try to just sit and absorb the pressure and hit them on the counter, that's where we will concede the, the 86, 87th minute goal. Where we really I, need to, like you say... I, think, it, really I think
3: it's difficult because Kenny's absolutely... You're both right in terms of you get that goal and don't sit. The pressure will be absolutely immense on the players if we go one the lot. It will be immense on them. And it, the only natural thing when you're under pressure... Is to try and so is to is to get a bit deep. I mean, there's no way in my eyes that with five minutes to go on Tuesday we'll not be all absolutely wrecking ourselves watching yeah. it, and they'll be just as bad if not worse playing it. So I think that's where it's difficult. Here's a beautiful one to round off the predictions. How about Scotland two, Croatia nil, Czech Republic two, England 0, We finish second. Get that up, them.
0: <laughs> <I'll> take, <laughs> take
3: that. that. Yeah. Here, here's another one. If we qualify in third place and England qualifies in se- uh, top, if we then both win our next round games, it looks like we'd play England at, uh, in Rome in the quarterfinals. Could
1: you imagine? That would be beautiful. Could you, could there's you one, imagine? There's one thing I'm going to do, and one of our regular listeners is a really good mate of mine, George, and he's a staunch Englishman, like literally from London. Listens every All week. Right. Oh, sorry. <laughs> It is a little bit. He actually messaged me saying, I love Kenny Duker. He talks so much sense, feeling he doesn't like England though. And he's absolutely right. But I mean, George, I, I need you to understand the, the pelters you were giving me in the run up to that game on Friday about how you were going to hump us. I hope that, that that result really tastes like a big salty dose of your own juice because you really, really did deserve that. But Doug, you, the, 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 the result that you gave me there, if that happened, I swear to God, he lives out in Ireland now, does George. I'm going to fly to his house and actually going to just spray paint the front of his house in a saltire because nothing would make me happier than getting it up these cocky bastards. Um, do you know, it, do you know one, thing,
3: one thing I'll say to you before we move on from sort of the game on Friday, I was carrying for English guys today and they, probably because they were a bit scared that I might punch them if they said anything else, but they were basically saying the big key for them was that we were aggressive and England were passive. And it's totally true. And the best way to sum up that was straight off the kickoff when we lobbed it long. And it that's totally in the plan. And uh, Dykes went in really hard on Luke Shaw and got his knee right in his ribs. I mean, that was yeah. beautiful. Oh, Ma- McGinn, and McGinn had a couple of those
0: as well.
1: Yeah, but that it absolutely set the tone. Absolutely set the tone. I and
0: love, also, I loved Donald's tackle on Grealish as well. But he just yeah. went, "You want to fucking get this right up the end." Did, did, did you have you seen the interview with O'Donnell where uh, they were asking him, or uh, like about Grealish? And you know, did McGinn yeah. give you any tips? And he was saying, uh, "McGinn told him the thing is, with Grealish, talk to him all the time, but don't slag him off. Compliment him. And that, that's the way to get in his head." So Donald says every time he was near Grealish, she was saying like, "Oh, oh, you're so handsome, Jack." He's like, "I love, I love your calves, Jack. I love your hair, Jack. How did you get it like that all the way through the game?" I was like, "I love that." <laughs> Greelas, Grealish, uh, Grealish did nothing. No, he, he did,
1: he did absolutely nothing. Um, the other one that I liked was I can't remember who it was that was in the studio that I seen a clip off, and he was like, "There's three Irishmen on the in the teams today. Obviously, Declan Rice and." Uh, Jack Grealish were both tipped it or maybe represented Ireland uh, under whatevers yeah. um, and obviously Stephen Reid as assistant manager at Scotland which strikes me by the way because we've got John Carver who's English and Stephen Reid who's uh, Irish in our backroom team but yeah it was it was good I absolutely loved that um, that interview about telling Jack Grealish how handsome he is because he proper believes that if he was chocolate he'd eat his cell.
3: I think what, what we were saying as well about like the videos that have come out, have just, I mean, it's, I, I've been watching it, it feels like I've just watched constant videos for three days. The one, the one today was the Scotland fans singing at the William Shakespeare statue. <laughs> You're just Like,
1: chanting at a statue is just, uh,
3: statue. absolutely brilliant, absolutely brilliant.
1: Yeah. I mean it's better than all the the Lana Wolf stuff that I've seen all over Twitter and if you don't know who she is then lucky you. Yeah. Um because aye, she doesn't him to, to get herself in the in the public eye doesn't she but I mean yeah the the Scottish Twitter over the last 3 days has been absolutely standing. So that pretty much wraps us up unless you've got any other points chance anything that you've wanted us to come onto that we've not covered.
3: I I just wonder um... You had a real go at me, Lee,
1: for for celebrating when we got beat. And we've, have we gone way over the top for getting a point? I actually have had that as a point, but I really wanted to try and make this a positive one. <laughs> are, are we getting carried away by a 0-0 win against a team that we've all said is an average one? <sighs> no. It's because if it was England, if it wasn't England, would we still be as happy? And that's there, there is a bit of that for me. You know, I want us to have a winning mentality. And by the way, the feedback that I've had from listeners of the podcast that have agreed with me and what I said has been great. I've also had a, a lot of other pelters for my Angus Gunn comment, which I'm going to reiterate was just meant to be a talking point. It wasn't meaning that I was staunchly picking him. But yeah, it, there is a bit of that for me. It, we're, we're massively celebrating an, an 0-0 win. I'm delighted with it and the, the passion, the, the pride and the performance we put in. But I would much much rather I had a win. No, but
0: look, like, like I don't know about anyone else. I wasn't jumping off my seat, shouting, running around the living room when we drew nil nil. I was yeah. like, "Yep, yeah, that's a good point. That keeps us in it. That's what I want to see. That that performance is better." Now we didn't win, but we went for it. We played well, and we took the game to a, a fancied team, and we got a result that keeps us alive.
1: It's that's what school, it is.
0: It's good. It's no, it's no, you know, taking your top off and running about the streets shouting. It's no going over the top just because it's England. It was a good result. It's what we needed after Tuesday. We needed a good performance, a result that keeps us in it. And you've got to be happy with that. Some people are probably going to take it too far. Yeah. But I think most people are just like, no, that was good. But it's, you know, it's half the job done.
3: It's Tuesday's a just- big game. It's just people getting swept up in the moment in the same way that, you know, drinking in a pub, watching Scotland and Major and you get beaten, sing a wee song. It's just get caught up in the moment and and enjoying being there again for a start. I think um, I'm kind of a Gordon. I, my, I think I stood with my hands on top of my head like that for like five minutes at full time because it was a case of going, oh God, we, we, we really could have beaten them. We really could have beaten them. Um, so, uh, like I said at the start, whatever happens on Tuesday, they've given me a moment in this Euros, which I'll remember for a while. Just the whole occasion around it was great. So whatever happens, I feel there's there's a bit of pride we can take out of it. Have positive.
1: any Have any seen the GIF that's going about? And it's uh, Gaza and his dressing gown, and it's like um, just uh, Phil Foden's just escaped from Stephen O'Donnell's back pocket. No. I'll share it in the group chat after this because it's absolutely
3: standard. i tell you what, though, one last thing for me is, kind of going back to that overrated English wash, like when Foden got the hair done, he's like, oh, I didn't do it to Gaza. It's like, yeah, you did, your little prick, because you thought you were going to be the main man and be this total showman. Actually, you're just fairly, but just a wee bit above average. Get it round you, you little shite.
1: I think that there was definitely plans that we're going to do the dentist chair. Of course it was. 100%. 100%. Oh, um,
0: oh,
1: a and and a, a resounding final get-it-up-you to England for their absolute arrogance. Um, Kenny, you got anything to add, mate?
2: I, I think it, the same, as I said earlier, I, I felt like it was maybe a, a missed opportunity to actually beat England, but our, our knockout competition started on Friday because if we had got beat, we were out. So it was at the end of the game, we got the draw... I was buzzing that we were still in the tournament. So, like, it's, it's another knockout game again on Tuesday. Win or go home, you know. Uh, I was I was most excited that we were still in the competition with a game to play. The worst thing would have been, waiting all this time to be in a major finals and being part two after two games, especially when that final nail in the coffin would have been England, that would have been absolutely devastating. So the, oh right, I wasn't absolutely buzzing with the draw against England, but like to still be in the competition and still have our destiny in our own hands, i absolutely delighted going into this game, because you're, you're, you're excited until you're out now. So this is it, this is it, this is our chance. We just need to. We just need to take it. One chat. Oh, <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, I absolutely love the fact that Braveheart was on at the back of that. Channel Five definitely knew what they were doing going for the ratings after that game. One hundred percent.
3: Lee also, which was quite funny when you're talking about the James McAvoy thing, which was brilliant. Is uh, <laughs> I said to my brother who he did the sort of equivalent advert for the England Scotland game that uh, on STV that Griffiths hit the two free kicks. He did like he did the sort of the the advert where he's walking around giving it all the you can be we can be the difference blah 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 and I just thought I was like that's how you do. It. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I was brilliant and I, there's there's one thing that I'll say just before we wrap up. I remember years ago going I can't remember if it was a World Cup or a Euros qualifier or we playing Norway and I remember Hamden being absolutely rammed like packed to the rafters and they played the, the Braveheart speech at halftime before the players came out and I've never heard noise like it in my life. The place was bouncing, absolutely bouncing. And I'll tell you what, if they want to get the Tatan army up at halftime, play that.
0: Is Lee, that did
3: it. it Italy at home, remember the game we lost 2-1. Oh, we, the big final game. Italy at home, whoever is in charge they did the Braveheart speech before kickoff. And they timed it. It was it was incredible. So literally the ref blew the whistle, we kicked off just as he went, freedom. And I have I I mean I've never felt a body go like totally oh my god it was like it was I don't know how they timed it like that, but it was unbelievable the noise. It was brilliant.
1: You know, we're talking about the the fact that that twelve thousand people can make a noise and a, a standing like Hamden and I thought that we did a great job in the, the 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 initial parts of the first half. If we can maintain that level of noise it's really going to be it's, put it's, it's got to
0: be bit. the the guys that go there, you know it's people can say it might not make a difference, but if you've got a ticket for Hamden uh, you know you've got to go you've you've got a job as much as anyone else has got you've got to keep that noise going all the time. There's going to be times in that game when you know, players' legs get tired, it's hurting, you want to give up a bit. Fans have got to, from the first to the 90th minute, got to provide that and, that kind and, of support for them. Well, we, talk, I we, hate. Talked about
2: that. we talked about that before, uh, after the Czech Republic game. Can we be better supporters? Aye, yeah. we can be better supporters. Because after the Czech Republic game... And Steve Clark, uh, obviously, you said earlier, came out and he was criticising basically the Tottenham army and the supporters for being too critical and, and all the rest of it. So it's right. I mean, we are or these, these these supporters that are lucky enough to be there on Tuesday night have got a massive responsibility to you know be better supporters. So when things are only going well. We, we we still need to get behind the team like that. That is going to be so so important on Tuesday. You know, it, it, it's it's a huge opportunity. We need to be better supporters, and those those guys that are going to be there on Tuesday have a massive responsibility.
1: Well, I'm going to be like Jerry Springer here, and my final thoughts. All I would love, or nothing I would love more, than a Kenny Duker. Last minute winner Lyndon Dykes flexible and one nil Scotland. We take that right now. I would take that right oh. now i would take imagine? a last minute OG. i would take anything. I would take anything. <laughs> but can you imagine? I mean, in fact, in fact, that might be the
2: most likely way that Scotland are going to score because yeah, there's already been five <laughs> in the competition.
3: The most, or, most so, or, we've got a chance, or we're one nil up. And they score in the ninety-fifth minute, and we're devastating. It's offside with VAR.
1: Oh, oh, that would be good. oh. <laughs> well, I think that's a perfect way to leave it. Gordon, anything to say, to our listeners, before we go?
0: No, just uh, hopefully everyone enjoys Tuesday. Just fingers crossed. Let's hope we can do it. Kenny, anything? I think, add? I'm,
2: I think I'm done. I'm just. Uh, I'm looking forward to it. I think that uh, the. the there's no other, other thing to do. We've we've got to look forward to it. We've got to enjoy it. We're there. We've got a chance. And uh, I you, the, these these games don't come round very often for Scotland fans. So I'll be watching it with a smile on my face until it's over. Doug
1: Moist, David Moist, <laughs> David Moist. <laughs> so. Until then, this is our last show before we, we know what's happened and where Scotland will be. We'll bring one to you after the Croatia game and hopefully it won't be our last of the tournament. But until then, take care, stay safe, but more importantly, as always, come on, Scotland!
3: Going to your first match is an experience you'll never forget.